on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you along for the ride today. You can listen on the radio. That's a beautiful thing. You can listen on your Alexa. Do you have Alexa? We'll search ESPN Syracuse on your Alexa app. Click Enable on the ESPN Syracuse skill, and you can listen there. You can listen on the ESPN app and take us with you wherever you go. Oh, man, so many ways to take in the show. No matter how you're taking it in today, hello, welcome. Welcome back. Had a little time off, a little bye week. We're back, baby. Shout out to the guy who gave us a shout out. I was walking the streets of Lake Placid. And got a shout out from a, a passerby, a somebody driving by. X-Man! Which bewildered my wife for the rest of the day. It's like we're we're four hours away and people were still yelling at you. I thought that was great. So shout out to everybody in Lake Placid that said hello, which was one person. It was it was one guy. But that's all I needed. That's all I needed. Hope you had a great bye weekend. Enjoyed a little time away, but you come back and we've got big basketball news to discuss. The football team is coming out of its bye. Dino Babers went over the approach of the bye week today, which we will discuss. We'll go on the blind side as we do every Monday. We'll do some hot takes. We will talk to Mike McAllister about that recruiting news that I mentioned and some that I have not yet. Go over the NFL weekend, the college football weekend. It's a Monday on the block, and we are raring to go. So why don't you make yourself a part of it? 437-7644. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. All great ways to get in touch with the show and we'd love to hear from you throughout. The big news came down last night. Syracuse fans got a nice uh note to end their weekends as Joseph Gerard the 3rd committed to Syracuse basketball. Kind of a fun ceremony at the Queensberry Hotel. Joe is uh, from that Glens Falls Queensbury area and is probably the biggest name to come out of that area basketball wise since Jimmer Fredette, who was tweeting about it last night from, well, I think on his time it was early morning in China where he plays professional basketball. And it was one of those moments that Syracuse fans 
were anticipating and when it came down shows kind of a shift in how things have gone in recruiting. And that's why Uncle Brent always tells you to take an even-keeled approach to recruiting because things tend to just right themselves. The ship tends to balance out. You miss a guy, you get a guy. You miss a guy, you get a guy. You can't put yourself in a position where any recruit is make or break. Now, the thing with basketball is that you really only need one or two impact players to make a class. Whereas in football, you've got to mine a lot of different names. It's about four stars. It's about those impact guys, however you measure them. There have been many examples in recent years about going way too in on certain recruits in both sports and the lessons you take from that. Okay, people were screaming on this radio show to give Robert Washington the number 44, the famed 44, the most prestigious number in the history of Syracuse University athletics, football, basketball or otherwise with the 22 in lacrosse, certainly out there as well. But the 44 is what marks the school. And all I did was preach caution and tell you, no, you don't do that. You don't go all in on anybody. I don't care if he's like the five-star, number one rated running back in football. The 44 had passed its time. Syracuse had botched how they brought that back and intended to bring it back and then didn't bring it back. Let it lie. It didn't have to return. But if it did, you know, maybe a process of if you're here for three years, you prove that you're a good student, a good football player, you're good in the community, and you're worthy of that number. Perhaps we'll think about it, right? Well, Have you heard from Robert Washington in the past few years? Because I haven't. And then there were people calling this show freaking out, just absolutely freaking out over Cole Swider deciding to go elsewhere and how that was a misfire. And Jim Beheim was losing his touch and he had just lost Quad A Green. And people just get so emotionally invested in these things. And I did a very, you know, calm monologue just like this explaining to you that it it will tend to even itself out, that history has told us that for every player you miss, they will get one. For every missed Winford Walton, in comes a Hakeem Warwick. We had a great measured discussion about it. Jim Beheim happened to be listening at that time. This was in June, by the way, which shows you recruiting never stops, and it's an ongoing process, and it's something that we talk about and should. I'm not saying we shouldn't discuss it and look at it and what the value of those players would be. Mike McAllister is somebody who will join us about an hour from now to do that. But as we mentioned, Jim called in. We had a great discussion about it. And, you know, he has 44 years of perspective on this coaching and, you know, well beyond that as an assistant coach and a player at Syracuse. But these things tend to even themselves out. Now, the guy in his back pocket was Darius Baisley, who happened to visit two days later at the time. And we all know how that story went. But I... Look at it this way. I'd rather Darius Baisley figure out he doesn't want to be here before he gets here versus when he's here and is questioning whether he should be in college or not. So that tend to work itself out. The names keep coming, and then Syracuse fans decide how important those players are. All that is true, and I will maintain that stance, but I am willing to concede here that this is a big get for Syracuse. This was a player I felt would be a huge get for a number of reasons. First of all, Joe Girard can flat-out shoot the ball. And I know this not from YouTube video. Maybe I feel this way because 
you know, I've actually spent time with Joe. It was just a day. Let's, let's not pretend I've, you know, me and Joe are buds or anything. It was a day. But I learned a lot in a day. I, you can learn a lot from somebody when you actually spend time with them. You see them in their environment. You, you talk to them. You get honest answers. You talk to family members and friends, and you really get to take something in. And I went with my colleague and friend, Mike Waters from Syracuse.com, two months ago to Glens Falls, and we watched Joe work out with Jimmer Fredette. And I am not exaggerating here. I'm not doing this for effect. I'm not doing this to make my point sound smarter. I say this because it's true. If you walked into that gym that we were in, very hot gym at Adirondack Community College that day, there's other media members that were there. It's not like Mike and I got this secret invite, okay? There were other uh, media members from the Albany area, a couple other TV cameras and writers. And so I don't know if they feel the same way that I do. I can only speak for myself. But if you had walked into that gym and you didn't know the names and you just saw two guys working out, there would be times where it would be hard to differentiate between the high school senior and the pro because Joe was working out with Jimmer Fredette. Now, Jimmer Fredette is a pro who just dropped 41 points the other day in a preseason game, and he should be in the NBA, but he's playing professionally in China, which, again, let me reiterate to those of you that say that Syracuse basketball fans ending up in places like China or Europe or the G League have failed in some sort, how stupid you are. Because Jimmer Fredette is one of the best basketball players I've ever seen, shoots the lights out, but just for some reason hasn't been able to stick it in the NBA. NBA uh, coaches and GMs have particular standards of who they want, and, and Jimmer Fredette is a great basketball player, but some guys just can't stick in the league or don't get the opportunities they should get for whatever reasons. But if you're playing professionally, you're still in a small group of people that get paid to do that and get paid well to do that. I saw Brianna Stewart is on her way back to, I believe she's going to Russia this time. She's played internationally, right? Because you get paid to do it. Professional basketball. They got uniforms and everything. So for those of you that continue to have that ridiculous stance, like that dope that was tweeting about Chris McCullough that I was talking about last week. Just give it up. That's a whole different topic for a different day. Gerard and Fredette, there wasn't much of a difference at times. Like, okay, if you watch for 10 minutes, you're like, okay, he's a pro, but man, this kid's going to be one. That is my observation after watching Joe Gerard shoot at least 100 times and watching his game, you know, of course, the films and the games. and You don't average 50 points per game if you can't shoot, if you can't create your own shot, if you just don't know how to flat-out score. If you're not a standout player. He has already wrecked all of Jimmer Fredette's records, and he's got a year to go. Joe's a great kid, honor roll, all sorts of things away from the court. He's a star football player. He's the all-time leading scorer in New York State history, and that right there is another big get for Syracuse. Not that it's, it's as important that Syracuse land New York guys as it is for, say, football. There's a standout, big-time, four-star quarterback in the state of New York. You want to at least, if you're Syracuse, have the opportunity to go talk to him, which under Dino Babers, you can. Under Greg Robinson, he didn't have a shot. Under Doug Marone, maybe you got in the room. There were some New York players that, again, we went all in on, and people just were 
saying would just cause the program to either accelerate forward or fall into the ocean had they got these players, right? It's great when you can have a kid, and in his video message, committing to Syracuse, it said, I'm staying home. Glens Falls is a, is a good drive from here. But it feels like Syracuse territory in a lot of ways. Albany certainly has some teams and some colleges, and it's kind of it's Albany's a weird sports market. I actually had the opportunity to work there, and I turned it down. It was just a weird market. Nothing felt like their own. Like the big Giants fans, a Yankees base, a Red Sox base. There's certainly colleges around there, Albany football and Siena, and certain things around there that have their pockets of passion and people that follow. And you know, there was few other things that we can go over. I don't want to bore you because, you know, shout out to the people that listen in Albany. We appreciate that. But it just wasn't for me. I'm not saying it was good, bad, or ugly. It just wasn't for me. It just felt weird. Something I love about working in this market is there's a true identity to Syracuse and the particularly Syracuse sports that we followed. Not that there aren't Yankees, Bills, Giants, Jets, and all sorts of other fans of other teams here. There certainly are, but we have something we identify. By the way, I'd say the same thing about Rochester. While they have their own teams, their own minor league teams and their own colleges, Rochester, and I've done radio there a bunch of times, it feels like a we're talking about other town sports like Syracuse, like Buffalo. It's like kind of this in-between market. Again, that's not an insult. It's just a different feeling. Okay, so Joe Girard is a New York State player. He's one of the highest-rated New York State players. Not that it's crucial for Jim Beheim to do that as much as it is in football, but it doesn't hurt either when you can convince a kid who's got Duke, Boston College, Michigan, and a bunch of big wigs, Penn State, who, of course, is not a huge basketball school, but when you can make him feel like this is his best place to be, because staying close to home can be suffocating. Talk to former big-time athletes in central New York that stayed home and played at Syracuse. And there's a common theme there. Some of them chose to do it, and some of them said, you know what, I had to get out of here. I mentioned Brianna Stewart, uh, Mike Hart. You can go through a list of names. They're like, I just needed to change the scenery. That's a problem many of us can't understand. You get so good at what you do where you live, it doesn't mean you don't love where you live. It just means you want to see a different part of the world. Joe Girard is from Glens Falls, so has yet to really experience Syracuse on a day-to-day basis, but felt comfortable enough to stay where it can be suffocating. There's a lot of friends and family and, and people around, and now the pressure will build coming to Syracuse. But it's a big get talent-wise. It's a big get because of the kid. It's a big get because of all the recruiting rankings, because he's a New York State player. And it's a big get because Syracuse needs three-point shooting. Now, if you were at the orange and white scrimmage on Friday and saw young Buddy Beheim hitting some three-pointers, they're getting some help there. Elijah Hughes can shoot the three, and they have players that can do it. But last year, nobody shot, what was it? And somebody can correct the stat if I'm wrong, but nobody shot above 34%. There is help on the way. Gerard is embracing the competition. Gerard is embracing coming here knowing that he's not just going to walk on the floor and play 38 minutes a game. He knows he may have to beat out a couple of players. It's a big score in a lot of ways. Had Joe Girard chosen to go somewhere else, and again, I think I'm slightly biased here because I got to spend some time with him, look him in the eye, and have me say this, I would have applauded him no matter where he chose to go last night. 
It is pretty cool that he's coming here, though. And I think the Jerry McNamara comparisons are inevitable and understandable. And I'm not one to tell you to back off from them because it's hard not to watch these two play and at least in some ways compare the two. And, you know, Jerry was the lead recruiter on Joe. So you connect those two. And by the way, those of you that were saying that Jerry wasn't getting it done on the recruiting trail were wrong again. So as Uncle Brent likes to tell you, these things tend to even out. You cannot go all in on any one recruit. You just can't do it. Because you move on and you go to the next one. And Syracuse did that, and they stayed on Joe, even though there were other schools coming in. I had our boy Pat emphatically tell me, what was it, a month ago, that they had no shot at this kid, right? Which I've made proclamations on. That's no offense to Pat. I've made proclamations on the show that did not come true. But my answer to Pat, my answer to these things is always, if you have a shot, you have a shot. If you're on the list, you have a shot. How anybody could say that was not in that inner circle definitively that they were not going to get this player or any, I never listened to that stuff. I know better these days. So congratulations to Joe. I'm excited that he's coming here because I think you're going to be excited to watch him play. and I think he's a great addition to this team. And when you get a big recruiting score once in a while, you know, that helps. Isaiah Stewart visited this weekend. A cook, a cook visits this upcoming weekend. The class of 2019 is filling out. Good things happening on the basketball recruiting front for sure. Let's see if there were some good things happening in the market today. Our guy Lee Baldwin is back on a Monday. Lee, did you have a good weekend? I had a great weekend. How about you, Brad? Uh, I missed you on Friday. It was fantastic. We missed you on Friday, but I got to get a little fall getaway. Went up to Lake Placid with my bride Went nice. hiking up there, get that Adirondack air in your lungs, see the fall leaves changing. It was a beautiful thing. Oh, the uh, you know I deal with numbers every day, and to to average fifty points a game in high school, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> you you can't do that, you know. So he, he does though. That's the thing. <laughs> he actually does. Yeah, so uh, that's awesome for Syracuse. But uh, uh, we did have a diamond today. Harris Corp was up over $18 a share as they merged with Level 3 to make the sixth largest defense contractor. So uh, a couple of stocks up on the defensive uh, front. Uh, Our dog, sadly, today is Sears, uh, which declared bankruptcy after 130 years. Wow. So you can thank Dr. Evil, Jeff Bezos, and Amazon yeah. for that one a little bit, I think. so. The bad time to be certain brick and mortar. Some certain. brick and mortars are, exactly. uh, are sticking around, but uh, for Sears, RIP to them for sure. RIP. So. Thank you, Lee. All right. Have a great week. Appreciate it, buddy. That's Lee Baldwin, everybody. You can find him online, LeeBaldwin.com. Great office in Kaz, great office in Utica. Stop on in, and, and they'll find all the diamonds for you. Help that portfolio grow and grow. So we can talk more about Gerard getting to some SU Hoops news, certainly. Want to recap the NFL weekend, hot takes, Mike McAllister on that, and more coming up. We'll go on the blind side. Dino Babers back at the podium today and had a message for his team. All that to come today on this Monday edition On the Block. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block ESPN Radio. Hope you had a great weekend. A great week is ahead of you. 
SU football is back. We'll hear what Dino Babers had to say today. I think he had a very interesting message for his team. And one question in particular, we will hear from Mike McAllister, top of the hour. Get a little crouton talk in there. Not just hoops, but there's a lot of hoops to discuss. But always things on the football front to get updated on. Nobody does it better. But Mike will go on the blind side later. Right now, though, I'm going to give you a chance to win something really cool. If you are Caller 5 right now, you are going to be registered to win the following prize. A shot at $1,000. Now, how do you win that $1,000? If you're Caller 5 right now, you will be registered. If selected, now, let's. I want to be clear here, you're being registered for this. If you get picked for this, you will get tickets to Saturday's Syracuse-North Carolina game, and you will have one field goal attempt on the field for $1,000. So caller 5 right now, 437-7644. You will be registered to win that prize. We will send you to the game, and you will have a shot at $1,000. Just got to put a little field goal between the uprights with everybody watching. No pressure in. So get out there and uh, get your chance for $1,000 at the very least. You get free tickets to see Syracuse, North Carolina Saturday. By the way, um, on the on an SU note, they exercise the six-day option on the NC State game. We know that this game will kick off at 1220 on Saturday. For SU-NC State on the 27th, ESPN has exercised its six-day option. So what we know is that the game will be on either ESPN or ABC. What we don't know is what time because ESPN wants to see how the NC State-Clemson game plays out and then adjust their television schedules accordingly. I hate when they do that because people have lives and need to schedule things and want to know when football games are, and you know SU officials are always kind of throwing up their hands about certain things attendance-wise. And my answer to them is people have things to do. They have to get babysitters and schedule lives, and you, know, you can't just give them a six-day window. There's a lot of SU fans who are like, well, how come people don't go to games? Because people need to know what time things are. That's why. So it's annoying, but if you're in the six-day window, it means the the positive side of that is you're going to be part of what could be a primetime game. Like You're looking at it like NC State, if they can beat Clemson, they can still be undefeated, and they're the prime ACC contender now, and we're going to want to see that team. And it'll be at the Carrier Dome, and it could be a big slot. For, so that's the trade-off there. You're in a big spot on either ESPN or ABC. Let's do some hot takes, huh? I mean, with that fancy old... We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for hot takes on the block. Bills break the huddle. Calvin Benjamin wide left side. Zay Jones in the slot to the left. McCoy in the backfield with Nathan Peterman. Peterman walks up to the line trying to make himself heard. Second and 10 from the 25, the snap. Here comes the blitz. Peterman gets rid of it. Picked off. Intercepted at the 30-yard line. They will walk in for the pick six. Jonathan Joseph runs it in for the go-ahead touchdown. That's a great John Murphy on the Buffalo Bills radio network on Not Such a Great Call. You can hear over on Brostat K-Rock, by the way. I lied. I wasn't done. I was reading a story by our good friend Matthew Fairburn on The Athletic today. He talked to Joseph after the game and politely but firmly said, I knew exactly what he was going to do on that play. 
And then you got stories of Calvin Benjamin doesn't want to warm up with Josh Allen on the field before the game. It just goes to show you there's still a lot that Sean McDermott has to clean up. And one of Sean McDermott's inherent flaws is deciding what quarterback plays. Now, in this case, he didn't have a choice because Josh Allen hurt. But the fact that Nathan Peterman was that choice, was the option, is on McDermott. It is his fault. And I said this after week one. Get Peterman off the roster. He's not an NFL quarterback. And even if Allen, in a rookie situation, in a hurried situation, goes down and Peterman's got to come off the field again, you will pay for it. Well, Kreskin again came through because the Bills, I saw, to reference another story I read, and I think he's 100% right. Sal Capaccio, our good friend from the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, WGR in Buffalo, Syracuse grad and frequent guest on this show, wrote on WGR550.com. In the time he has been the Bills radio reporter, and as somebody who's worked for the Buffalo Bills radio network, you know, you tread lightly with how you criticize the team. Not that it ever stopped me from criticizing them when they needed it because, well, I mean, you, you can't be a, a complete all-in homer, but you do work for the network. Like, you, you do your, your check comes from the team, so you're cognizant of that. But I appreciate Sal being as upfront and honest about something. By the way, we do have a winner on our contest. But we will be doing it again next hour, okay? So if you're calling for the contest, we do have a winner, but we will be doing it again next hour. FYI, kids. Okay. So I appreciate Sal being as critical as he was and saying in the time that he has done the Bills Radio Network, which is about five years now, that's the toughest pill to swallow of the regular season losses he's seen. And he's 100% right. I can take a pick six. I can take a loss like that if... You know, I, again, Josh Allen's hurt, but a competent NFL quarterback's making that throw and making that play, and Houston just made a play and won, and they made another play and won. That's football. But Peterman should have never been on that field with the opportunity to win that game. And why Sean McDermott, I'm getting angry now, why Sean McDermott gave him that opportunity is a big, giant X next to Sean McDermott's coaching resume. How blind he is to how bad Nathan Peterman is. I like McDermott. I like Bean. I like what they're doing. Trust me. I am trusting part of the process. But Sean McDermott cannot evaluate quarterbacks. He can't. Now, did he have a hand in drafting Josh Allen? Maybe. But you know what? Peterman should have never been in that spot. Never. Well, he knows the system. He knows the off. Don't give me that crap. I hate that. That is such a weak defense. He's been around the team. You talk about Nathan Peterman like he's Frank Reich. Nathan Peterman's been there two years. They drafted him in the fifth round two years ago. This is not some savvy veteran that's been around forever. So finally they will realize their mistake, and they're in a bit of a spot as Allen's hurt, and it's not like there's a list of you know, 20 quarterbacks ready to step in and contribute. Well, you know what I say? Go get someone else. And I know they got Derek Anderson, who's, you know, he's like a guy at this point, who's basically been brought in just to mentor Josh Allen. But go get another guy. Because Nathan Peterman should not be on an NFL roster, let alone the one I root for. Okay. I feel better. I do. I feel better. That's hot. I thought it was out of my system. It wasn't. Uh, 
We will go to the phones here in a moment and talk some Syracuse football, but a couple more uh, things we wanted to note here in hot takes. Tampa Bay has dropped the hammer on one of the first coaches fired in the NFL. It is not their head coach, though. Mike Smith, their defensive coordinator, let go today, one day after a pretty brutal loss by Tampa Bay, 34-29 to Atlanta yesterday, a game in which the defense allowed 416 total yards. Atlanta was 3-3 of in the red zone. They allowed Mitchell Trubisky to score six touchdowns, five of those in the first half of that game. They were second to last in the league, allowing 440 yards per game. You knew a change was coming there. Tampa Bay, who did start 2-0, now 2-3. Smith's been the defensive coordinator there, of course, the former head coach at Atlanta since January of 2016. So there's a coach gone. Can the Bills get rid of a quarterback now, please? Like right now? And another football note, and I am so glad to see this. So if you saw last night, and maybe you didn't because that game was so enthralling, and they only kept this on screen for like a second. You really had to see it or rewind it to know, but everything gets caught these days under the eye of the camera. So some fan threw a beer at Tyree Kill, and the fact that it was a fan in New England is just stunning. That it was a Patriots fan that did it. I just fell out of my chair in shock. That it was them. But he scores the 75-yard touchdown, 3.03 to go. After scoring, Hill halted his run right in front of the barricade, and a fan threw a beer in his face and flipped him off. The fan identified by security and has been banned from the facility. Can I hear it from the back? The case has been turned over to law enforcement, where I hope that fan gets prosecuted to the full extent of the law. I saw that Drew Rosenhaus... Tyree Kill's agent, because of course he's Tyree Kill's agent, said they're going to look into every measure they can to go after this guy. Hill initially said, I'm not mad at him, but you know what? I hope they nail this guy and every fan like him. Why? And the answer to this is always alcohol. But why fans feel like when they enter a stadium that they can behave in any way they want because they paid to be there has always bewildered me. And again, it's alcohol, and it's emotion, and you you combine alcohol with emotion. But, like, how dare Tyreek Hill run 75 yards for a touchdown? First of all, you're an idiot if you would do that to somebody. Second of all, stop wasting beer! Must be nice to pay $14 for a beer and then throw it at somebody. No, drink the beer. Don't throw the beer. The guy is drunk. I, do I really have to reiterate this point? Beer is to drink, not to throw. Beer, drink, not throw. Drink, not throw. Drink. Have I made myself clear on this one? That is alcohol abuse. So, yeah, I hope they nail this dope as hard as they can on this. He's already been banned from Gillette Stadium, which that's a start in my mind. You know, Bills fans jump through tables and do a bunch of stupid things. I don't want to, you know, completely, you know, like Bills fans sit there with their hands crossed at games saying, oh, that was a great play. Don't you agree? Yes, I agree. That was a great call from our head coach. Now, Bills fans can be real jerks, too. Don't get me wrong. A lot of NFL fans can be. It came up in conversation that my daughter wanted to go to a Bills game this year, and I said, no, not happening. Uh Uh-uh. She's 12. I'm like, nope, not yet. 
and that, that pains me to say it because I'm a Bills fan, but I, I've seen too much at NFL games that you know, we'll stay home until you're a little older and, and can handle this. And it's dopes like this that ruin it for the rest of us. Stop wasting beer, too. Let's go to Mike in Syracuse. Let's hit the phones here a little bit. 437-7644. Michael, how are you, man? Oh, good, Brent. How are you? Not bad. What's cooking? Well, I think uh, Saturday's game is a complete, uh, just complete must win. You know, if you look at their schedule going forth and the fact that NC State is, well, a darn good team, I do not think we want to be 4-4 and going down, especially on the road to Wake Forest, because SU, as we, as we know, has not historically not played well there, and I just don't see a lot of potential going 4-4 four and four on the road. Well, you know, it all depends it, on, on where you set your expectations, Mike. If you're somebody that said, you know, 6-6, six and six, and I'd be good with that no matter what, They'll still be six and six, in my opinion, if they go four and four. But if you're somebody that has watched football and seen what team this team is capable of, I can't disagree with anything you said there, especially out of a bye week. You cannot drop yeah, one at home. They, they to have Carolina. to utilize the bye week efficiently. No question. And, you know the fact that North Carolina just yeah they just lost to Virginia Tech by three points. You know we're we're not dealing with the slouch here. They can score. Means. They can score. I think there's a lot of flaws in their game, and appreciate the call, Mike. I think that Syracuse, just by lining up on that same field, should beat them, but I felt the same way about Pittsburgh, and they lost that game. So Syracuse is no longer in that they-can-pick-their-spots mode that maybe they were starting to show after that Clemson game. Uh, The must-win term gets thrown around way too much, especially in the middle of the season. I I wouldn't label it that, but it's definitely a show-me game. We'll hear from Dino and what he said today in his return to the podium after the bye week, because I think he had a good message. We'll talk to Mike McAllister about that and some recruiting news coming up. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.